Area 2508. Area 31 There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow what, a, wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the Posse Girls. Get ready. Sit yourself down. Start fanning yourself with the big box of Kleenex. Can I start that again? Only because we got a, we got a fan letter from some guy who like described this in detail, and it's just yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, That's and one one, you holding up the box of Kleenex didn't help. All right, let's try again. We, <laughs> All right, we're starting, where are we starting No, now? no, we're starting right here at his intro. Here we go. Uh, so uh, <laughs> now everyone has the box of Kleenex. <laughs> what are you trying to say? All right, let's look, even switch. Switch, let's, switch has paper towels. Wow. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, it's, oh, Jesus. You get the crickets in there somewhere? Yeah, I know. All right, here we go. Ready? All right, here we go. Girls, sit yourself down, get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes, your fan, your, no, not see All right, let's try again. Okay, here we, go. All right, here we go. Here we go. Girls, it's time to sit yourself down, get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes. Don't they say fan in there? Oh, here we go. Ready? <laughs> here we go. Here we go. This is good. <laughs> All right. Take five. Take five. Someone's, now they have fans. They show me fans on the air, which is – All right, here we go. <laughs> Oh, oh it's a, lube. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Oh. I won't tell you who has a bottle of lube. What is that stuff, Susan? <laughs> all, right, all right. This is funny. If this was a TV show, this would be funny. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Girls, sit down. <laughs> Girls, sit down. Start fanning yourself. Get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes. You squeegee in your lube because he's here, the very famous Juan Juan. Wami. You betcha. Hey, ladies. Hey, Mac. It's so good to be here. I've been thinking about this show for a week now. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, every, when we go off the air last week, I said, I can't wait till, you know, really? yeah. seven days from that moment. Wow. Just to be on the show. But I'm glad to be invited on the show every week, and I'm glad to be here. And matter of fact, glad to be anywhere. There you go. Cleese Richards. Um, yeah. Everything okay over there? Everything's okay here in the UK. Good. Uh, Good we didn't go to any place exciting this week, but we're trying to. Plant some dirt. Guess where we're going to go in April. Uh-huh. We're booked to go to Downton Abbey, High Clare Castle, located in the town of Newbury. Is that right? Wow. It's time to be with well, Look it up on the map. Newbury looks like an awesome town. We haven't been there yet. Hmm. We might scope it out you know, between now and then. But uh, it's uh, High Clare Castle is a tough ticket to get. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's well, like getting the ticket of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, it's, it's probably good. It has just as it many is. fans. Um. No Coco tonight. Okay. I don't know if uh, Lady Rose is going to be there. You know, Lily James. Oh, but, uh, well, that would be. What would it cost me to 
bring in fly in Lily James just for me. <laughs> Millions, okay, as it turns out. Anyway, we'll let you dream that way, boy. I mean, I'm dreaming the dream. What is she doing dream lately? I, I have to me. say this: I have not uh, heard very much about her after the Pam and Tommy disaster. No, me neither. Maybe she's laying low. Yeah. Anyway, speaking about laying low, no cocoa. Hasn't messed up anybody's life lately. You don't know because she likes to do that. She um, likes to hang out with married men and mess their life up. Really? Yeah. Is that what happens? What's, um, what's, let's see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the voice experience. No cocoa tonight. All right. Maybe we should, should we just start again? No. This is <laughs> okay. All right. No cocoa tonight. Keep it going. No cocoa tonight. Out saving the world. But our national correspondent, Switchplate Steve Ward, is here. Switchy. And, and I'm saving the world in my own way, my own quiet way. Really? Yeah. For sure you are. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, and how are you today? I am beyond wonderful. Okay. And um, we'll get back to you in a second, I'm sure. Also with us is our security chief, Willie Club. Willie. Uh-oh. What's that? Oh, <laughs> I'm not even going to say what that is. <laughs> oh, hey, Mac. Hey, gang. It's great to be here tonight. It's kind of Kleenex that comes in a roll, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have any of the others, so I, you know, I always have plenty of this stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, huh. uh, interesting. Uh, so, can uh, I just can I just make a comment because yes. I'm I'm so happy to see Switch tonight. Go ahead. I don't know if you recall last week, but he he was really out of it. He he was like sleeping most of the time, <laughs> and I've never seen anything like it. I, <laughs> I was concerned, it was and so was Raven. Yeah, and uh, I think Juan was too, but Raven and I definitely were concerned. Uh, yes. You know, he, he's put his head down on the yeah. uh, desk. Yep. Instead of passing out. Instead of moaning. You know, I know, I know you love partying out there with, with your buddy Mothman, but you might want to slow that late night stuff down. That was really scary. But it added to the show. I thought we, we got a lot more accomplished with you uh, with your head down. But, but welcome back. <laughs> wow. well, I kind of heard, switching. as I was drifting off, I, I heard this echoey voice saying something about disaster and asteroids. And as I, I finally faded out, I said, I, I yelled in my head, you don't know your asteroid from a hole in the ground. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, Touché. you know a lot about hemorrhoids, though. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> and I, I, I admit, I'm not as spry as I was when I was 69. Okay. Wow. I wish I get a bell. Or we, <laughs> yeah, no, separate corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Who's got the striped shirt? Let's, yeah. let's separate everybody. Also with us is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York, Raven. Raven, how are you? Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Now, should Hi, we, Raven. Should we, Hi. <laughs> should we explain what's going on? How you're not on camera tonight? Yeah, I'm here, but I'm not like here uh, because of a. Uh, allergic reaction I had, and it's mm -hmm. a whole thing. <laughs> okay. Can you see us, or does it go both ways? Oh. No, I can see you guys. Oh, really? So I'm just, I'm just straight up creeping tonight. Yeah, huh? Okay. All okay. right. If you had That's a, okay. Well, get well soon. Be careful of that. Yeah, take care <laughs> yeah. of that. Gee whiz. Switchy suggests she gets a Nixon mask. Yeah, uh, the, the full-face Nixon mask, and <laughs> then we could see you. All right, listen. Oh, my God. Okay. I just watched a movie where somebody no. robbed a bank with a Nixon mask. Oh, uh, let's see. Then you have a side hug. Was that the town? The town they, they met. No, it was like from the 90s. Oh, uh -huh. Keanu Reeves was in it and Patrick Swayze. Oh, Oof. wow. Together. Point huh? break. Yeah. Point break. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, that other voice you hear is luckily we have another beauty with us tonight, Susan Kay, uh, super fan. Can we clap for Susan, please? Wish we were sweet enough. Susan, how are you? I'm doing 
doing excellent. So happy to be here. Donna. How are all of you doing? We're doing good, Susan. Good to see you. You, you look radiant and lovely and big smile on your face. Like you're having such a great time. Wow. It's fun, wow, being, wow. fun living in the South, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> She's uh -huh. Depends <laughs> on, nah, yeah. It depends on the South or what? 50-50. Yeah, Hurricane Alley has uh, the, the weather situations. I saw a couple of... You're not near the coast, though, are you? No, I'm towards the Virginia line, so I'm all the way, like, almost mountainside. Oh, okay. That's a little bit more... It's been nice weather, though. It's been wicked cold in the mornings. I have to bring my hanging plants in at night. Oh, wow. It gets down to freezing, and then... Really? Jesus. So I leave the house early in the morning, all dressed for the cold weather, uh -huh. and by uh -huh. noon I am sweating yeah, and yeah. peeling off the layers. That's <laughs> that's like New England weather. You go out and you have the heat on your car. When you come home, you get the air conditioner on. Exactly. There, there are times that that actually happens. So Susan, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now I'm going to throw and and you have a top ten uh, questions for Switch, right? That is correct. Okay, so before we get into that fun. I want to uh, just ask Switchy. Uh, so, Switch, what you have for breakfast today? People want to know early on the show. Oh, okay. Well, I had uh, a heaping bowl of sugar frosted flakes. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. You haven't had that now, for a while. On the box, it said there was going to be a free book in there. So I thought <laughs> really? I'd get like a little little booklet or something like that I could read with my cereal. Go ahead. But no, you get you got a you got a mail in for it. You got to send in for it. Sure. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You're still doing that? Mail a box. Well, you know, back something? in the old days, if you had like a toy dinosaur or something, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. in the box. Yeah. Right. You didn't have to. You didn't have to order it necessarily. You know. Right. Right. Remember the, the days when they had like glasses in there? Like yeah. you could get a a drinking like glass, glass. Oh yeah. Towel yeah. or yeah. they'd put all these weird things in the. Well, they put box. little books. They'd look, look, a they'd towel would be kind of. Odd, wouldn't it? Oh, face it box. They they put um, like little comic books in them uh, way back yeah. when, you know. I mean, they'd I have that. like a Superman comic book, and then at the end of it, you know, he's eating frosted flakes or something. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they and and man, saving box tops—that's like half of what I did with my life as a kid. I was always sure. sending away stuff, you know, for box. And you'd wait and wait and wait, like you know, it would take all summer to get your squirt gun or something, you know. I remember there was a Rocky and Bullwinkle episode where Boris Badenoff and Natasha were counterfeiting cereal box tops. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, yeah. That's funny. So, uh, proof of purchase. Then became proof of purchase barcodes. Yeah, which yeah. They're located in an area where you need a pair of scissors to like to get at it. Yep. Or a, a knife, exacto knife. Yep. Carve and it out and save it. They also used to say. Uh, if it was something, you know, like a towel or a shirt or something, they'd say send to S A S E. And I'm like, you know, hey, Dad, what's that mean? And then, you know, it used to be self-addressed stamped envelopes. So they want you to pay the postage. All they do is, you know, stuff the stuff in the envelope and send it back to you. But, man, those days are gone. I can't imagine any of that. So, But but you can you can write away for a book now, right? But you have to send in. They get all your ID, all your info. Kellogg's those. It's, it's not too, too big a bummer because one of the books was all about the World Cup. And I realized <laughs> I don't give a flip about yeah, the yeah, World Cup. Really. So hey, listen, no one they, does. They can keep their book. Yeah. Hmm. The World Cup. It's a championship series all year long. I don't know what they're talking yeah, because about. Yeah, they can't get enough of that stupid game over there, okay? I mean, oh. it's just well, it's another one sport country. What do you expect? And what else? My, There's the nothing kids left. kids watch it day and night. Why? Nothing Why? Else there. I mean, the live games, or if they missed a the game, they watch the rematch. Uh, they watch the, the, the rerun Re on BBC really? iPlayer. But or, it's just a bunch ITV of people running around, man. They're just running around. You know, I want them to play it like a <laughs> hockey game. 
Everyone together, let's go. 11 guys just run up there and kick the freaking ball in a net that's the size of <laughs> billboards. I'm sorry. How do you miss you know, that American net? football is pretty big around here. Oh, is there, well, it's getting big, yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah. Jacksonville beat one of my teams the other day. Thank you for partying out in London, those guys. Anyway, uh, yeah, the NFL is definitely – Where was the game? Wembley? They usually sell it out. Wembley, they sell yeah. Out the, yeah. No matter where, where they play. And they cheer for both teams, it. which is really weird too. Yeah. yeah so anyway. Sure. Uh, so, um, Susan, you have a list. I do have the list. Ten questions for Switch. He's already sweating. I think that's sweat. It could be tears. Switch, are you are you ready for this? Are you ready for? I don't want to say humiliation, but are you ready for? Well, you know, I, I really wish I could be here for this. Uh, oh, there you go. Go ahead. <laughs> Start without me. <laughs> Some of these re- replaced with a picture of a cat. Okay. No, here we go. All right. So this we'll put a little music here. A little music, right here. And Susan, go easy on him. He's just a kid. Please. Now, is the music the funeral dirge? Uh, if you want it to be, yeah. Okay. All right. No, we can put some cha-cha music in here. Susan, ta- uh, 10 questions for Switch. Please, number 10. Switch. Please tell us how you met Mac. Okay, well, I was uh, I was a fan of Mac's Wingman books. Uh, and uh, I had been reading those. And then I saw he was on Facebook, so I sent a friend request, and uh, and we, we connected that way. And I think uh, he must have seen a lot of my uh, Mothman posts. I uh, actually invited him to a festival, Mothman Festival, some years back. So one day he asked me to be on the show to talk about the Mothman. So we did uh, two segments on the Mothman, and uh, not too long afterwards, I ended up coming on doing a fringe report. And then it, it became... Uh, from every couple of weeks or a few weeks to every week. Mm. Wow, wow. That was a while ago. Do you have any idea what year that was? Uh, 2016, I think. 16 or 17, yeah. Where Early 2016, maybe mm. February, March, something like that. Okay. Because when we used to do the show, we used to do the show in Newport in a in a the top floor of a glass, an auto glass place. And it was the coolest place, WNBP. It really was. It was just like a nice little place. We had a lot of fun up there. And that in the old show, you can really it, it, it sounds different from the different mics and stuff. But do you agree, Wani? We used to have a good time. We did, and the studio was cooler too. It seemed to me it was it was more intimate, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Nice just, looking yeah. board, and uh, yeah, yeah. My headshots were photographed there in that studio. <laughs> there you go. All right, what more do you need? That I use as my avatar. So uh, yeah, right. Uh, so and I, I couldn't see any of you guys. This is back way before Zoom. So oh, I, that's right. Yeah, we used to, as to what these uh, strange people look like. We used to do the uh, the show on Skype, which was um, you know let's say problematical. But anyway, yeah. So that's the uh, love story there, uh, Susan. Okay. Number nine. Well, thank you for that. Question number two: What inspired you to be in the service and not go to film stu- school instead? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man! Holy cow! Uh, let's see. Um, well, I was. Uh, I wanted to go back to school, but I had no money. And uh, so that was one of the uh, major factors. Uh, And uh, I decided uh, I picked the Navy because my dad had been in the Navy. And so uh, it was uh, uh, primarily to get an education. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, also uh, I I thought it might be nice to, uh, you know, uh, give that service to my country. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was that was pretty much it. The. The, the main thrust was to uh, to get an education. And obviously, you don't get something for nothing. So I was in uh, four years. Four years. And uh, got a pretty good, uh, a lot of good experiences and uh, education out of it. And you went places. 
Oh, yeah. You just didn't know Although, where you, you I, know I did you a lot of traveling, actually, a few years before that when I backpacked through Europe. Oh, right. Yes. Right. So let me ask this, though. Didn't you once say that you uh, the, the day before you were inducted, you had a nightmare about you being in the Navy and you just thought it was a dream? No, when, when I was uh, my, mm. my first morning in boot camp, you know, the oh, yeah. it, it's pretty much for, for uh, the same for everybody. It takes you, you don't get to bed till about four o'clock after they process you yep. and they, you go through all the paperwork and everything. And then it, they uh, the company commander came in and he was banging on a trash can with a baseball bat. <laughs> and I was I was asleep <laughs> and I was dreaming that I had joined the Navy. But then I thought, oh, no, this is just a dream. I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to be a civilian. Yes. But I woke up and I wasn't a civilian again until about four more years. Oh, wow. Okay. And four years in subs, right? Were you in subs the whole time? Uh, well, about uh, three out of the four. Yeah, right. I mean, oh. By the time you, know, you go through uh, training and uh, leave time and waiting for schools and all that, yep. uh, I was not a nuke per se. I was part of the forward non-nuclear crew. <laughs> but still, there's there's plenty of uh, training to go through. And right. So it was almost, uh, almost a year before I reported on board the boat. Mm-hmm. In, in in that year, did you have any submarine rides at all, or were you assigned to a submarine that was your first ride? Well, you, you go through sub school, and they have one of these uh, training uh, subs uh, modules. I don't know what you call it, but yeah. you're physically like in in the control room of a sub. And the way you uh, move the controls, the the stick and the wheel and everything, your your uh, the servo mechanisms uh, actually twist and turn you the way you would if you were in a sub. Oh right, okay. But and, and then you you also uh, you go into a uh, a pressure chamber. They they simulate you go going down to a hundred feet, and you're stuck in there with about a dozen ugly guys in their skibbies. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, there's another uh, another thing. I don't Quite I think they're not doing it. We had a 150 foot water tower. And what we did was they took us down 40 feet into a pressure chamber and we sim uh, simulated escaping from a submarine. Oh, and you put these things on called uh, stanky hoods. It looks kind of like an orange life jacket, but they uh, they charge them up with air. They go over your face and there's a, a clear spot you can see through. They make you buoyant. And so you you uh, they, they pressurize that uh, that chamber and, and bring the water up to your uh to your neck yep. and then you go underneath and you you're you're, you're uh, standing on the on the, on the outside of that chamber but you're in that tower yeah yep, so yeah. if you let go you're going to just shoot up like a rocket oh. so what you have to do is you have to expel air and so what they do is they tell you to, to you have to go ho 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 all the way to the top <laughs> and so if you weren't doing your ho ho ho's or literally the navy seals are in there they will they grab they grab you and they look at you through that little it's not exactly a visor but that that clear spot to make sure you're not going to screw up your lungs yeah, by yeah. not expelling air so once you go through that you're uh they weed out people that might be claustrophobic or, or whatever. Wow, that would do it for me, man. That's Ooh. crazy. I, I, oh, yeah, can't imagine it. But uh, Susan, please, number three. So that that's wicked interesting. And actually, part B of that question was: Did you aspire to? Did you want to be on a submarine, or is that just how it turned out? I don't know how the service works. So, is well, that when something I, you get assigned to, or do you well, get when to I it? enlisted, you can you can go into the. Uh, you can delay your entry. And I know I didn't want to delay my entry too long because if I did, I might get cold feet and think, I don't think I want to do this anymore, but then it's too late. So they, uh, the uh, I wanted I wanted to be an interior communications electrician. There is a certain, uh, certain uh, 
gear that we were responsible for, mm -hmm. as well as indication circuits and so forth. It's basically a, an electrician job. Mm. And uh, the they did the on if I was going to go I was going to go on the surface fleet, and it was was something like I think a couple months I would have had to wait, and I thought no no if I wait a couple months I'm probably going to head to uh, Canada won't. or Iceland or something yeah, yeah. like that I would just you know what get cold James. feet yes. so they said well you know you can go right in right away to the subsurface and it's more money <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, okay wow well, sure why not and so that's Uncle that's Sam why I chose submarines wow oh, that's interesting. Uh, ne uh, please, next question. These are top 10 questions for Switchy by Su Superfan Susan K. Switch, have you ever panicked while you were submerged in a sub? Yeah, I've asked some this before. Uh, no. Um, it's actually, it gets it gets to be so routine. I remember the, the first time that, uh, you know, I heard the diving alarm and we're, we're actually diving. Yep. I was... Uh, I was laying down in my rack, and the rack is your your bed. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, I was half asleep, and I woke up, and I heard the diving alarm, and that was it. The the only time you get a little bit nervous, you know, we went through uh, uh, the shipyard period, where and you, you you know you go out on sea trials. Uh oh. And one of the things you do is you go down to what they call test depth, mm -hmm. and they do an emergency blow where you shoot up to the you know they just blow the water out of the of the ballast tanks and you shoot to the surface. Yes. Where everybody is hoping. Everybody has done their job. Yeah, dotted yeah, yeah. every I and crossed every T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, no panic, but you know, uh, we were all. It was a big uh, apprehension. Oh, oh cheer! Yeah, service. you were lucky. You, 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 and there were no leaks. You celebrated yeah. when you got to the top. Wow, man, switching. Wow. Thanks, Susan. Please. Good visual on that too. I can see that whole thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I see it yeah. in my nightmares. Incredible. Okay. Switch, can you tell us something about you that we don't already know? Any oh. type of fun fact? Um, <laughs> you have a very interesting life. and the club is uh, smiling ear to ear at this point. Just want to I can't wait. A fun yeah. fact? Yeah, fun. Wow. You know, it might be more fun <laughs> if you just have, if just have club make up something. You know, <laughs> uh, um, a wow. fun fact. I, we may have to come back to that. I don't... Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely Mr. Fun, but I don't, I don't know if I can come There's up so with much of it, he can't come up with one thing. Something uh, you've avoided right? telling the whole world, here's your opportunity. Oh. Oh. Who would want to answer yeah. that question? But, they, but they, the authorities know where I live, so I have to be careful about <laughs> oh. how I word it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. I can see him. We'll move on. He's blushing. I'll be here all night. I, I might think of something. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being stuck here with club all night. Two-hour show. Okay, let's move on then. Number five. If you could be any creature or cryptid, anything paranormal, what would you choose to be? Hmm. Hmm. Not Mothman? Mothman, I thought Mothman would be right. I, I this is the first thing I thought too. Number I was one. gonna say not counting Mothman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. Um steam coming out of his ears. I would I would like to be one that uh, one of those one of those one-offs one of those that you know people just see once and then they're always talking about like really you know like the the Enfield whore that dude had three legs and was just seen a couple times <laughs> Ludlum <laughs> Frogman hardly ever seen the the Dover Demon I want to be uh, another whatever one of those just bizarre one-offs that is in the cryptid book but you know just as mystified everybody as the the most awesome one-off cryptid wow. ever in existence. Okay. Okay. Can I ask Switch a question? Switch. Which would you? What would you? Who would you rather be? Superman or Batman? Batman. Really? Why? 
Yeah, Batman because he's got those cool gadgets, man. I always like that utility belt. Yeah, but Superman. Yeah. Superman, Superman can... it comes too easy with Superman. But he can fly. Well, it, Batman's got uh, gizmos where he can fly. Okay. Just wondering, another slice of switches life we know about. Please, thanks. Sus? <laughs> Let's see, I would I would choose something out of the Marvel universe over the, over the DC. Oh, you're universe. one of those guys. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Susan, please. All right. Next question. Switch, if your phone rang and it was injured cold, what would you say to him? <clears throat> Chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> what? If you haven't seen the movie, you don't know what it what it means. I actually wrote that on the paper. Chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what movie is that? The Mothman Prophecy. Oh, the Chapstick. Okay, all right. I'm going to have to rewatch that. Uh, next, please. Do you have any reoccurring dreams? And if yes, can you share them? Or share one? It's just the basic stuff. I mean, I still... <clears throat> pardon me. Went to college for three years. Uh, two years full-time, one year part-time. Okay. I still have dreams uh, related to college or something like that where I don't remember where my classes are yeah, and yeah. exams are coming up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just had I had one of those the other day. Ah, but I also, uh, I still, let's see, it's been a while. The other one is in the Navy. Uh, the, the, first, uh, the first Navy dream I had once I got out, I was in boot camp again, and I'm trying to explain to everybody, no, no I've, I've already done this. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, I did my time. There all But then uh, subsequently I will have uh, dreams where, I, 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 for some reason, I re-enlisted, and I, my, I'm always preoccupied with, you know, is my job going to be there when I, when I get out? Well, I, well, I have a job. Mm -hmm. So it's the still have the, the college dream and the, and the, and the service dream. Did you go to college before or after the service? Uh, before. What did you? What were you going to college from? Uh, I, I had no clue when I started out. So I was started actually started oh, taking this. required courses. Yes, yes. And then I discovered. Uh, that I was fascinated by uh, uh, the uh, uh, it was I was going to choose a classical civilization, a, a Greek and Roman history, oh, tragedy, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Latin, um, and that sort of thing. Literature. You could be a teacher. And, uh, I would have been able to do shelves in a in a uh, museum. So, but I took a lot of those courses, but I never finished. See, he looks. I've always said he, he looks like a professor in a way. He does. And. I think it would have been good at a switch. Nice, please. You could fake, you could fake your way through that gig. Susan, I think. Yeah. Half, know, of them, like half of them do. You have me. the look, and the, the look is like 95% of it. She needs a pipe oh, and a uh, tweed cup. Next, please. Did so you say you took Latin, or are you going to take Latin? Well, well, no, I was, taking, I was taking Latin. I never, never finished it. Mm. Uh, 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 foreign languages were not my strong suit. Do you know what God's phone number is? What, what? Do you know what God's phone number is? If you took any kind of Latin, you would know God's phone number. Equum Spirit 2 2 well. Come on. <laughs> Next, please, please, Susan. Get us out of this. All right. Switch, can you play any musical instruments? <laughs> uh, well, I, I took piano lessons when I was a kid, but uh -huh. uh, I, I, no, I, I can't. Uh, hmm. I, I have no okay. musical talent. I have an appreciation for, uh, for music. Uh, what kind of music? Um, well, all kinds of music. Um, film soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Classical pop, you know, whatever. Yeah, like film. Uh, we like film uh, soundtracks. We've talked about film soundtracks. Oh yeah, before. Oh, yeah. You're, stuff. you're like an expert on film soundtrack. You're amazing. Like yeah. encyclopedia. So what you know, and you know the TV. You know TV sounds and stuff like that yeah. a lot too. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Susan, next, what number are we on? We are on number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Go ahead. Switch, what is your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> Club. No, that's not right. <laughs> I, I would never have said club <clears throat> now that you said what even said okay. but uh, let's see biggest pet peeve uh, please be about the cats I, I guess I guess uh, this is going to sound kind of I don't know lofty or whatever okay. uh, injustice uh, bad guys getting away with stuff and not being punished oh, well, you live, I, I'm a Libra you you know, live, you're living in the right uh, century man because most people get away with it and they get caught uh, number 10, please, Raven. I mean, I'm sorry. Let me do that again. <laughs> See, I'm so used to it. Number 10, please, Susan. What is the fastest, coolest car you've owned, and what do you drive now? <laughs> the fastest, cool- <laughs> Oh, he's hanging his head <laughs> in shape. I've never had a cool car in my <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> Did you have an impact? I, I guess I guess the, the, the uh, car that I really liked was the uh, Cobalt. The cobalt, yeah, the one that yeah, glows. Nice, Chevy nice looking cobalt. car. Yeah, and uh, what's that? What Chevy cobalt? The Chevy? Chevy cobalt? Co- yeah, Chevy cobalt. Yeah. What happened to right. it? Right. Did you wrap it around a pole? I, I, I actually just posted on Facebook. I put three hundred thousand miles on it. Wow! Really? Yeah, it, it, it was dying. Good job. But that's good. That's so, three hundred thousand miles, man. You get your money out of that. You got your money's run. Well, okay, let's clap for this because this has been very enlightening. And now I'm driving a Ford Fusion. I didn't watch it. I thought we'd avoid that, but that's okay. Which, I mean, you like the Chevy better. Is that what you're saying? Um, but yeah, I like. I think I like that one better. But the, the Ford's not bad. It's mm-hmm. been a good car. I could see switching a Volvo. You have Volvo yeah. kind of type guy. You see yeah, that? yeah, like one of the old ones, like from the eighties and nineties. Yeah, they, yeah, the yeah, long yeah. Volvos that yeah. that people in like Portland oh, drive. Oh, wait a minute, wait a yes, minute. My coolest minute. car. I just had a blank. It was my Carmen Ghia. Oh, you got a Carmen Ghia. Yeah. That's Gia. cool. Yeah, it was. That's uh, cool. Rusting, rusting away, and a buddy of mine uh, fixed the around the headlights and everything, and then he he was fixing the bumper, and uh, the bolts rusted off. So mm-hmm. he put on wooden bumpers with nice uh, nice stain and everything. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Man, I drove that thing all over hell. That was, uh, yeah, yep. You that, never that see was, them. Uh, you know what I mean? It looked like a little sports car, but it was, you know, the, the, the it was a heater didn't work well in the yeah, winter. Yeah, it was a Volkswagen, and it was lasting hot in the summer. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I had a Volkswagen bug and I had a 62 Volvo, and neither one, the heaters worked. You froze. Yeah, I had, oh, is I had a bug also after that, but uh, I love that gear. Yeah, the common gear is cool, but you know, you never see them around. You know, sometimes you'll see even like old Mavericks and Pintos around, but you never see a common gear around. It's a very, very right, rare. I haven't seen of. a Maverick and a Pinto. Yeah. We saw a Maverick you know, about a month ago. John Keel owned the common gear for a short while. Really? Yeah. Yeah, a cool little cool car. Maxwell Smart had a common gear for a while. Really? No. He after, to, his, after his. Uh, used to have the, uh, mo- the Tiger. Would, Sunbeam Tiger. That, that floated, Sunbeam, right? Sunbeam Tiger. Yeah, no, no, Maxwell no. Smart did, did drive one, but he kept, you know, Don Adams actually owned the Sunbeam Tiger and he never sold it. Is yeah. that the uh, water the water car? The car no. that goes in the water? No. Oh, I thought he had one of those. So, no. no. Who, who made the Sunbeam? Sunbeam was part of the Roots group. It was a British car. It was actually the Sunbeam Alpine. Oh, oh, oh the Alpine. And then, <laughs> then Shelby got a hold of it and threw a Ford V8 and it made the Sunbeam Tiger. Yeah, the poor man's Cobra. It, didn't they? Wow. They, they started out with a 260. But when Don yeah, Adams uh, started doing Get Smart, he, yep. they were, um, 
you know, Sunbeam didn't have their own engines. They bought them from Ford. Okay. And then uh, Get Smart started being um, their main advertiser became Chrysler. Okay. And Chrysler okay. wasn't going to have a yeah, Ford. Yeah, yeah, sure. So they they, they were tr drastically trying to find a uh, cool an engine Chrysler. that they made that they could fit in the car. All right. Okay. And they couldn't. So they, he got rid of that and got the Carmen Ghia. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, he got rid of that, and he had a, a, uh, an Opel GT. When, when he pulls up in front at the beginning of it, what's he, is it that a Sunbeam? That's Sunbeam, the Sunbeam is Tiger. Right? Wow. But, but they use the same sound with the common Ghia. Yeah, no, and then they use the same sound with the uh, Opel GT. Uh, Opel GT. wasn't yeah, quite the knows. same thing, you know? You're listening to car talk here on Night Memories. This is <laughs> cluck and cluck. And cluck. Oh. So, wow. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, also, just, Brad Pitt drives a... Uh, a common gear in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that terrible movie. I don't even want to go down that road. Go ahead. Andy Rooney, the guy from 60 Minutes, sure. yeah. the curmudgeonly old guy, yep. he owned a Sunbeam Tiger like it would never sell it. it was yeah, his, really? Yeah. It was so his, his baby. Um, and then when they made this, the new Get Smart movie back yes. a number of years ago, well, in one scene, he was in uh, the guy who was playing Steve Carell. Right? He went in the museum and he actually came out in the Sunbeam Tiger. Really? Yeah. Right. And Drove it out down the stairs, <laughs> and then it br it broke down, and then I believe Andy he got hit by a Carmen Ghia, <laughs> and then a an Opel GT came out, and the guy um, that played uh, the, the German guy Frederick or whatever, yeah, the, okay, yeah, he hit him in an Opel GT right afterwards. So they had all three of his cars in that movie. Oh, and then Andy Rooney died a week later. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> anyway, oh, wow, well, interesting. Al Ronaldo, you're full mechanic. Also, terrestrial mechanics well, in farmer. So, I'm always so, asking Alice is that if UFOs were metric or, or American, and I think they're metric, right? They're generally metric. Generally you know, metric. They, yeah. 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 So, unless they hang around here too much, and then you know, it's, it's a, a real mishmash. Anyway, speaking of mishmash, why don't we uh, take a commercial break now and calm down, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Believe me, the whole gang is here. Please stay tuned. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secret. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney. On sale now on Amazon.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Montrax Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But let me introduce the members of the Posse Girls. He's here. They're very famous. One Wong. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Glad to be here as always. I live for this show. When did you have fish and chips last? When did you have fish and chips last? You know, it's been a couple of weeks. Wow. I thought you had that for breakfast. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like we found this uh, awesome restaurant for the best fish and chips on the planet. Mm. If we don't go there, we don't have fish and chips anyplace else. Yeah, yeah. I love fish One and chips. One of those deals. But we do like it. Um, also, uh, with us uh, down there in uh, West Virginia, Doorknob, West Virginia, is uh, Switchblade Steve Warren. Switchy. Great to be here, Mac. And we uh, learned a little bit about your life in the previous segment. Yeah, could be yeah. a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in the Navy, and I can dig what he's talking about. I wasn't in subservice, but uh, also, I almost did. I almost, I would have been kicked out anyway. I would have been too paranoid about stuff. I just remembered that I didn't introduce Alan now the UFO mechanic, the first segment. Did I? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Can't, Doesn't remember. Matter. can't remember back that far. <laughs> Al, thanks for joining us. Al. Hey, glad to be here. You know. Uh, also, our security chief Willie Club is here. Mac. You know, I'm, I'm also here, very happy to be here tonight, but I got to say with Switch, well, it's information overload night. Is there too much information, DMI? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to digest from what yes. he's had to talk about. Yes. And uh, I try to digest it, and now I got a headache. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, I can, I can go back to uh, kindergarten and first grade and, and work my way up. Well, why? Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Tomorrow, we'll we'll do that my, next week. My yeah. first grade teacher <laughs> and my second grade teacher. We yes. had the same teacher. She moved with us, which was tragic because her name was Mrs. Tom. We called her Mrs. Tom the Atom Bomb. Not to her <laughs> face. Yes. But she was, uh, she was a wacko. I mean, she'd throw kids over chairs and stuff like that. Yeah, huh? That's back in the days before they would, they would fire teachers for yeah, being yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I had, I had nuns in the fourth grade. We had a nun. Her name was Sister Mary. I was, we used to call her Sister Mary Dick. And she was... Easily six, four, six. She was a linebacker, okay, and and she in 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 a way she was cool, but in a way she was very devious. Like so, you'd be chewing gum and doing something, you know, and she just you know, and she just kind of walk around the room and come down your aisle, and then when she got in back, you pow right in the back of the head. If you're boom, the the gum goes flying across the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sister Mary Dick. Well, but but yeah, back then, yeah, I've seen I saw nuns, you know, whack kids around, you know, pull them out of seats, drag them out, and what a fun. Anyway, uh, switch. So okay, that was another conference. Switch's life, and let me uh, please introduce. I introduce Club Raven is with us. Raven, I have a good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven. Hello, my friends. Thanks for having me. It's a blackout oh, at the Raven Empire, the Raven Mansion. Um, <laughs> She she just doesn't want to appear on camera tonight. I saw pictures of her earlier. I didn't see anything, any problem, but that's just me. You're a liar. Raven, do you have any gargoyles at your house? <clears throat> we do have a gargoyle, yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. You have a, a, a gargoyle? Nice. Love gargoyles. Yep. Also with us, joining us, if she doesn't want to flee the room immediately, is uh, super fan Susan K. Susan, how are you? I'm doing great. Okay. Happy to be here. Are you really, though? Would you tell us, would you please be honest with us if you're having a miserable time? Would you tell us uh, 
Absolutely. I love being here. And today's the best Mm -hmm. ever because I can see your entire face. Wow. Who are you talking to me? I'm going to move over. You look so handsome today. Talking to you. You're always (laughs) hidden. Yeah. There we go. Wow. (laughs) Take a look at Al. No, Al's behind the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Want to look at Al? Look at Al. That's enough. Uh, actually, the microphone the microphone works a little bit better this way. Uh, we're having them, some technical well, there you go. Stuff. Anyway, uh, and um, so we're all here. And in the earlier segment, Susan had um, top ten questions for Switch, and he did evade on one of them. So, do we want to repeat it, or is it another question, Susan? Or I have a replacement, a late entry, if I may. Okay. All right. Have you ever so, done any tasteful news? Switch. The world wants to know. How is your hair always beyond wonderful? Wow. Hang on. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, it's the oh, question we all want to ask. It, it should, people cannot see that S-eating grin on Club's face right now. <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, if I keep it short enough, it kind of Muddy? falls into place. You know, I don't have to comb it or anything like that. Uh, anything like that. Right now, it's getting a little bit long, and I, I have to uh, actually comb this. it a little bit. But... Uh, I, I used to, when I was a kid, I had what they, they used to call them butch haircuts back in the old days when you just, you know, it was everything was just really short. So yeah. I was one of those kids in the uh, late 50s, early 60s that had uh, had one of them, their haircuts. And then uh, and then longer hair started coming in. Yes. Did you ever, I've seen a picture of you and your hair's kind of grown and you have that kind of Paul Bunyan beard, right? Um. Paul Bunyan beard? No, no, I don't think my beard was ever too big. Okay. There's a picture of you. It's, it either. looks like you're on a wanted poster. And you're all hippied up there, my friend. Remember that picture? <laughs> I, I don't recall, but then uh, all right. I'll send I don't it recall to you. all my incarcerations either. All right. Okay. Can I ask Switch a question? Have you Switch, have you ever, uh, how do I say this one one? Have you ever smoked pot? <laughs> I have not. You've never, that's, yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah, okay. I go right to the point. Yeah, okay. Although I, 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 I messed with a guy once. I was, uh, some of my friends did, and uh, I, I'd, I'd be hang out, at, hanging out their house. And this one time, I was really bored because everybody's pretty stoned. And then there was this one guy sitting on the couch. He, he was my friend's neighbor, and and he was a creep. He, he was just a creep. Go ahead. And uh, he, he was. Uh, in later years, I found out he wasn't just smoking the weed he was on something else but this this lad was gone yeah, yeah. so i thought okay i'm gonna mess with this guy you know everybody knows that, that i'm sober I and i don't mess with this stuff yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna mess with mess with his mind so maybe i shouldn't admit this but i went up it was a, an empty bowl on the table and i put it on my head and i looked him straight in the eye and i told him i was don Quixote. And I was wearing the golden helmet of Membrino, which made me invulnerable in battle. Wow. And I wish you could see the look on his face. Yes. And he kind of like sunk a little more into the couch and he mumbled something like, like, what? You're not high. And uh, anyway, it had the desired effect. I really messed, really messed him up for a while. And how many times did he stab you? <laughs> Fortunately, he was a little bit more like uh, Gumby. Uh, you know, Gumby wasn't that violent because he's kind of rubbery and, and no muscle. So you were the guy at the party who, who wouldn't get high, right? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Yeah, you and X, you and Agent X, you know, sort of birds of a feather. Anyway, wow, okay, we're really seeing, we're really lifting the top of Switchy's head and looking what's inside that brain. 
you know, hair or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, switching. Okay. So, Susan, are you satiated now on Switch? <laughs> I am. Thank yeah. you for this opportunity. I think we all are. Okay, Switch, thanks so much. Raven, you have a report. Can you save us, please? I can certainly try. This is this is going to be a rough one. Um, Let's put the bumper in as here. As most of mine are. And now, it's time for Raven. I have uh, the mysterious story of the Rackman. That's R-A-C-K, Rackman, like a like a rack, you know. Uh, and we're in New South Wales, Australia, and it's August 11th, 1994. Um, so Mark Peterson, captain of the Lady Marion, and his crew were out fishing on the Hawkesbury River uh, when they felt a sharp, heavy tug on the boat. Uh, suspecting that he had caught a giant squid, Mark began reeling in the net. Uh, to their horror, they discovered the body of a man wrapped in plastic and tied to a steel crucifix. Um, a noose was wrapped around the man's neck and bits of wire were used to affix him to the homemade rack. Um, so the coroner ruled that the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head and the man died on January 11th, 1993. Uh, at an unknown location. Additionally, it's unclear if the victim died on the cross or if he was attached to it post-mortem as a way of disposing of the body. And the autopsy report has uh, never been made public, so we're not really able to speculate on that any further. Um, being submerged in the water for such a period of time had eroded away the fingerprints on the body, making identification impossible. Um, the man was wearing generic mass-produced Australian clothing, um, which offered little in the way of identification. And the only thing that had been found on the victim was a pack of cigarettes and a lighter, and neither of which um, held any significance. Uh, despite knowing that the steel structure had been made to the man's measurements, there was no forensic evidence available to them that led to any other leads. Um, the media dubbed him Rackman, uh, but no one came forward to identify him or offered any information. He was held at Gellaby Morgue for more than two decades, known as Unknown Human Remains E48293. Uh, the man was essentially unidentifiable um, for a time, but someone out there had killed him, attached him to a specially made crucifix-style rack, and dropped him into the river, and in August of 2018, Rackman was finally identified, uh, but his story is far from over. Um, New South Wales Deputy State Coroner Paul McMahon uh, officially ruled that the mysterious remains belonged to a 37-year-old Sydney man um, and a known gambler named Max Transevsky. Oh, him. Sure. <laughs> Um, he was last seen by his partner leaving their house in Newton, Sydney on January 11th, 1993. Tansevsky was known to travel up to Gold Coast on gambling sprees, so his departure that day was not unusual at all. Um, although Tansevsky was a known gambler, there is no evidence to suggest that there's any connection with any gangs or mobs. Um, he was known to have some gambling debt because he was 
uh, an addict at this point. Um, but the exact sum of the debts are unknown. And just before his disappearance in 1993, he withdrew $1,800, which would um, nowadays be $3,300, which again is not unusual for a heavy gambler. Um, so this brings us to present day and the case is still unsolved. So what would motivate a person to commit such a gruesome crime? Um, and then the unusual method of disposing of the body is very excessive. Um, yes. And it's unlikely to be random because it was, it was, you know, specially made to fit this man. So in 1994, uh, investigators suspected things, um, this to be more gang or mob related, as I had mentioned, um, because this type of violence was often used to quote unquote, send a message. Hmm. However, uh, because it was the nineties and yeah. this always has to be brought up. They also speculated that the victim was used for a satanic sacrifice, which we all know was yes. a bunch of BS. Rampant. Um, so regardless, it seems very symbolic. Uh, it seems a very symbolic manner to display the victim um, and would have been premeditated, like I said, uh, to have performed such a good welding job uh, to the frame mm. that was built specifically for Trans Transevsky's dimensions, like perfectly. Mm. Um, there's also the possibility that there are more victims um, that have just not been found yet and could be the work of a serial killer. However, the steel structure was reportedly very heavy, suggesting that there may have been more than one perpetrator. Yes. Um, so with little evidence to work through and such a long time period having elapsed, it is unlikely that this case will be solved anytime soon, but there is always hope. Right, um, any current information is urged to be reported to Crime Stoppers to help the case moving forward. Mm. Um, and that's the very strange unsolved mystery of the Rack Man, a.k.a. Max Transevsky. And, and where, where is this again? New South Wales, Australia. Oh, Australia. oh it's way, way down. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Yep. I mean, you and don't know what's going out of a river. You don't know what people are going through in their minds, you know, the killer and the killee, but geez, what's going on there? Yeah, you know, my, I go to like, immediately I go to like mob thinking like, you yeah. know, yeah, he had, might have had gambling debts. No one knows what it was. Well, and gambling, I don't think yes. any of that information has been made public. But then there, there's also the possibility of like, well, it could be a serial killer. Have they searched the river? more yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what else is down there so and i don't know how big the river is so maybe it's like an unreasonable task or maybe they just don't have the funds to do it pretty elaborate pretty elaborate I don't way know. To... but yeah if you if a lot you, of thought I mean, I would materials and stuff like looking up together. pictures um so, they had like composite sketch um not yes. composite sketches um composite facial models that were made yeah, and yes. they looked exactly like the victim it's wild. Hmm. Um, and there's also, um, they, they have photographs of the rack. It's really hard to see because they were shot from far away, but there, somebody made like a, um, a chart kind of, of like how the body was positioned on it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I don't know. It's so hard to explain. It's like, uh, a bunch of crucifixes put together into like one long, um, rack type of thing. But like I said, it was specially made for this man. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, that's what's it weird about it. was size for him. Well, he pissed somebody off. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, real. Yeah, they're like, trying to show they went, they went way out of the like, way. And that's like the reason why I'm like, don't I don't do know, this. Maybe this, this. This can't be gang related. You know what I yeah, mean? This would be. be more on the mob side because yeah. no gang is going to take the time to do all of this to send a message. But a right. mob would? Yes. 
you know? A mob of time know. in their hands. They probably got not much else to do down there in Australia. So, no, North, that's uh, North well, Antarctica. Pay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pay your debts. So, <laughs> is anybody working on this case? Is it just going to be a cold case forever? Is that what it is? So, like, it's currently a cold case, but it's the type of thing where, you know, they probably break it out like a couple times a year, like they do with all cold cases and see, you know, have there been any new reports made um i know in the 90s originally they had um like a, a reward for any information and i think at the time it was like ten thousand dollars so mm. for most cold cases like these they will offer rewards depending on how much they can raise yes. um mm. but i i mean i would assume that it would be something that they would work on they don't just leave it sitting there yeah yeah hey listen talk about betting and sports games and everything club you know your Patriots. You know, let me tell you let me, about your Patriots, all right? If you don't mind. It's Mac Maloney's betting center here. All right. Okay. There are they're, certain. They're only his Patriots. There are certain teams. Well, they're, they're his now. There are certain teams. What? What is that? Is it, oh, what's well, a cup with this? <laughs> a Patriots, Patriots cup. Patriots coffee cup. Good. Put that way. That's going to be a, a collector's item. Believe me. There are certain teams that in Vegas where, you know, you, you when you go to bet a game, a game, you know, you either bet, okay, you know, you look at the, you know, you look at the, there you go. You're all, you're all about it, club. But there are just certain teams that when you go in, you just say, who am I going to bet today? Well, who am I playing? X. You know what I mean? Who are playing the Steelers? Who are playing Arizona? Well, now it's who are playing the Patriots? Okay, it's good. You're true blue there. Okay, so were the people who couldn't get on the there boat at the Titanic then. <laughs> club, look at them. Wow. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just pointing that out to you, uh, Club. You know, please. I hope the fall is cushioned for you, my friend. You know, Mac, we're just about at bottom, and uh, we're going to start rising again. Really, you think so? You yeah, don't think? You know, they're going to get rid of Bill this season. That's the yeah, big question. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but here's the problem. A, Can I just a bit? new a new rising? But here's the problem: is now crafty, crafty chicken wrap, crafty. Is and I said this to one one on the, on, on email. Is he going to be in the position of firing what a lot of people can are convinced are the best coach ever? Okay, you have to look at the optics of it, or whatever. So they're going to try to make Belichick resign. You know what I mean? Or retire? Or, yeah, but I don't think he'll retire because he'll. You know, the, the Tampa Bay is someone will. He's he's got a coaching career for at least the next ten years. These guys. How old is he? He's seventy years old. Yeah. <laughs> Time, he, he, can, he can go another five years. It's time to go away, but he can. He'll, he'll go. He'll go to Arizona. Go to some chump team, Las Vegas. Who knows? You know, and make look another. All, he's he's already Patriots swag. He's rolling out. He's here. already he the will. highest paid coach. He makes twenty million dollars a year. Okay, and that is that's way way out there. All right, there, Susan. Who's that? Who's college? Who's college Lama? ball? Florida Gators. Oh. So anyway, sorry, sorry. Club, I don't know why I'm picking on you. But, well, you know. I just want to respond to that if I could. I just watched them Sunday, and I was like, a lot of misinformation. You know, <laughs> the inside is that they're going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Yeah, and he's going to retire. Retire, and then come out of retirement. Going to make yeah. him an offer. They're going to take his. They're going to tell him if he doesn't leave, he's no longer going to be general manager. Yeah, no control over hiring and scouting. And, yep, yep. yep. And that seems to be the inside thought. That you know, you're absolutely right. You can't fire the best co- one of the best right. coaches ever, there but is, he lost right. it. You know, you, a lot of some of those great coaches. He lost his quarterback. Is what happened. <laughs> and they, uh, 
you know, they get out too long afterwards when they had lost it. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I, I'm convinced that what the quote-unquote experts are saying that if the season ends as it looks like it's going to do it real badly, that they're going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Pete Carroll. They get rid of Pete Carroll that way, and they all he wanted was his gold Jaguar or something. And, you know, but, but um, wow. And then you got to find someone to come in and – it was Brady. I mean, this is really turning into sports. I'll probably cut it out, but it was Brady. Let's face it. Everyone kept saying, is it Belichick yeah. or Brady? Well, you know, Brady yeah, leaves Brady. and, you know, all he 50, does. 50-50 or 60-40 was, uh, yeah, yeah. is Brady, and he helped a lot of the other schmucks that, that, yeah. that pull off the scrap heap. It literally and made them better. You always hear that. That's a sports cliche. The, way now. the sports cliche is, oh, you know, he makes this play better and all that stuff. But in this case, he did, you know, and they would take guys off the trash heap and they'd be in the Super Bowl with them. So, it, but Brady just made everyone play better. He's just that kind of guy. He's kind of like a, you know, he's kind of like a widow in a way. But he's, you know, and then he goes. And all he does is takes that shitty Tampa Bay team and wins the Super Bowl the next year. Belichick's probably <laughs> just going nuts. He can't sleep. Anyway, okay, this is sports talk. So uh, why don't we do this? Al, is it time for a break? I'd say so. Right. Oh, you take a quick one. We'll okay, why don't we take a quick break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Show so here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, Military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. They say the Navy, take all you want, but eat all you take. Yeah. Right? 
Welcome back, everyone, to Macaroni's Milk Trucks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show we have to you tonight. Wow. Uh, the uh, co-conspirators of uh, the very famous one one girls, he's here tonight. Yeah, you betcha. He's Loving on fire. Every minute of it. Welcome, girls and guys, too, and all ships at sea. Welcome to the show. He's on fire, but I think a lot of it is obvious, so this might be a Mac after dark. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No cocoa tonight, but uh, Switchblade Steve Waters down there in... Safety Razor, West Virginia. <laughs> Safety Razor, West Virginia. That's, uh, that's I don't West know where that came from. Now entering yeah. Safety Razor, West Virginia. Okay. Wow. No, as who who did the? Where, where, where everybody's oh, I, sharp. I know where we got. Lonely Larry did a. You know, he's telling us how there's a slot in any any home that was built like after the '60s and before the '80s. There's a slot in your medicine cabinet in the bathroom. We're supposed to put the the old blades right. And they would just fall down to the bottom of the house, and you know they'll be found in five thousand years by archaeologists. But, <laughs> but yeah, they can't possibly do that now. That's got to be some kind of environmental thing. But a lot of these houses in the basement, in the in the dirt underneath, I guess that's where they would go, right? In the wall panel, in the other in the wall panel, yeah, yeah. They'll say, "What are all these razor blades?" Call it the cavity. Right. So anyway, switchy bricks. They have bricks coming out of their ears in these cottages. So they go switchy. Uh, what's it? Uh, safety rage of West Virginia. I like the sound of that. Everything's okay with you. I like it too. Uh, yes. Are yes. You, you talking to me? We heard, yeah, 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 wow. <laughs> the whole show's been about you. You should be no, it's after his bedtime again. Okay. All right. Well, keep an eye. The over under is uh, seven thirty. By the way. Okay. I got the under. Um, also with us is our security chief Willie Club. Willie. How are you? Are you talking to me? Surrounded by your uh, Patriots regalia. It's okay, man. Just stay st- stay loyal to the end. That's good. <laughs> That's- oh, I, I, I am. You know, what can I say? Okay. You know? All right. Yeah. You have to have one fan. But it, it, I, but it is great to be here tonight, despite, you know, some things. But it's it's a, it's a decent show so far. Nice. Despite. That sounds like you have some complaints. Just air them now. We're, uh, we're very transparent. Well, you know, I, I fell asleep, you know, during uh, well, some of the responses, well, we that, that. which he couldn't come up with. It's not like a politician, you know, <laughs> really figuring out how I better answer this the right way. I understand. Yep. And he couldn't and he couldn't spinning. figure out how to answer certain things. He didn't want to offend anyone. Spinning. So, uh, so we had to sit here and just listen to dead S- ear. Sit through, no, that's okay. I'm going to put some cha-cha yeah. music on there. It will brighten it right up. wanted to break up or disturb his secret clearance might still be holding on to since he that's came true service i also didn't want to make uh club too jealous that's I, I knew true that so there you go heard more about my life and my exploits he would have been green with envy so i toned it down a bit one two three yeah i really i'm really jealous tonight let me tell you you can yeah. tell yes he's gonna i would have asked him what's your favorite submarine movie oh wow um hmm Think about it. Well, it was, it was the for Red October, but that, that's out yeah. now. Uh, Voyage to the bottom of the sea. Tokyo. Das Boat. <clears throat> das Boat. Das Remember boat. that? Oh, Das Boat. Yeah. yeah. Destination yeah. Tokyo. That's a good movie. Uh, down Periscope. Down Periscope is yeah, a really good movie. Is that the spoof with Kelsey Grammer? Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, no, not that one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> speaking of him, you know, that new, they have a new Frasier reboot. Right. And it got like a half a star. Ooch. Just, yeah, yeah, it's like really bad. Yeah, what about Run Silent, Run Deep? Run Silent, Run Deep is also, that's a very gritty submarine <laughs> okay. movie, man. Yeah. 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 Is Clark Abel in that? Yes. Yeah. The, the U571 was pretty good. Well, that was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. 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 There a bunch, were some a bunch scenes of them in, die, uh, though. The yeah, ports yeah. of Naval Shipyard out in that movie. 
Wow, I would never be on a submarine. We've said that before. Never in a million free. Never in any years. Just your dust boot is very good. I've got the list of dust boots. Very good. So anyway, uh, also with us is Raven. If she's still awake, Raven, how are you? Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Blackout at uh, on Raven's camera tonight, but thanks for joining us audibly. Thank you for having me. Is everything okay with you? What are you drinking? You could say anything, and we'd believe you. I just have a water tonight. Oh, oh, good. oh, that's good. Stay hydrated. Just keep don't listen to him. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You don't think a few koshers would take care of that? A few what? Well, kosher? what's that beer you drink? That terrible kosher pickles. Kosh, kosh, what is kosh? No, kosh. I kosh. if I don't I said, when please. I don't feel good, like I cannot any type of like fun juice for me is like no way. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. You ever drink ginger brandy? I'm always trying to push this on people. Brandy? Anytime. Look, oh, I'm not a Victorian brandy. woman. Anytime you have anything, you know, mostly like colds and stuff like that, but just drink, just get a half pint of ginger brandy and mm. and drink it, and it'll be mm. sweating out of you in about 15 minutes. It's just, Ugh. that's the way ginger, yeah, real B and b is another good one. B, oh, what is that? What's B&B? stomach hurts. <laughs> What's B&B? What is B&B? Benedictine brandy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Benedictine. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Yep. Anything just favorite after dinner drink. You know, yeah, it really just settles your stomach. Yeah, yeah. You ain't kidding. Real ginger, like ginger ale. You never really get real ginger and ginger ale, but real ginger has an effect on you. You know. Anyway, this is the food segment. Hey, Mac, you talked about the nuns beating you up, and I only yes. went to Sunday school with it was it was nuns, but then there was mostly. Uh, Lay teachers there too. Yes, but Sister Superior was the mean one, you know. But yes, and that was back in the in the fifties, <laughs> and yes. you know, they should have made a movie out of it. I mean, I can't believe yes. that they all got away with. Uh, it's called the Bells of Saint Mary. With physical <laughs> oh. abuse. Yeah, you know? yeah, that'd be. I funny. never got whacked, but I, I saw people. I mean, hang, get, hang on. I, never I just actually saw people get whacked. They whack the desk. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You uh, you know, you'll phone me, Al is with us. Al, yeah. how many of us were? Altar boys in our day. I was an altar boy. I was an altar boy. <laughs> yeah. Do we that's have any other altar boys that's here? That's how I know God's phone number. No, nope, also, wasn't. Let me just quickly introduce. Um, I had friends that were altar boys, and super I appreciated fan. their work, their effort. Super fan Susan K. Super fan Susan K. How are you doing tonight, Susan? I'm doing great. This isn't Thank what you, you expected. I can tell. <laughs> You're right. Sorry, Susan. you were breaking up. Susan, any Catholic experiences? Uh, sorry, no, but uh, I did get uh, paddled in high school. You uh, uh, Say that again, please. So when I was in high school yes. and you were, you misbehaved, and pushed uh, the envelope too far, you'd yeah. go to the principal's office yes. and they had like a paddle ball. Oh, yeah. One of those hard rackets and they'd drill holes in it. Yep. For the year to go they through. They could paddle you. Yep. Yep. The Board of Education is what they called it at St. Anne's. All right? <laughs> really? Yeah. And you what would did go the holes there. do in the paddle? What was that all about? Made it more aerodynamic. Yeah, made it, it you know, go through the air faster. Wow. Yeah. Really? Wow. The, the, the thing is, the way it used to be is that the, the nuns would whack you around, but if you didn't really, you know, get with it, you're going to go to the principal's office. You know, you'd see her about once a month. I mean, just walking around. But... And she would take the Board of Education out, ma'am, at least two, right on the ass. And, and you know, you're little kids. You know what I mean? You're little, you're little <laughs> kids, for God's sake. Yep. You know, you're freaking. So anyway, but they taught us to read. But everyone stayed in line, you know, and if they weren't, 
you say you're the last guy in the last row, you know, in the last desk, and you live there and, you know, draw cartoons all day. But, yeah, I mean, I keep complaining to her. Lois is a teacher, and she says, well, they taught you to read. And, you know, she's right. So I, Hey, was anybody left-handed in your class? <laughs> yeah, yeah, me. There's the original left-handed Italian right here. You were? Oh, yeah. Admit, there were some lefties in my class, but they beat it out of them, believe me. Catholic environment at all? Uh, they didn't make you force you to be right-handed? Yes. I, I didn't go to Catholic schools, first of all, but my okay. dad was the original left-handed Italian, and he went to Catholic schools in the north end of Boston, and they beat the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah, I can see So that. when I was a little kid and they got the concept that I was going to be a lefty, my dad made the proclamation, no one will ever bother him mm. for being left-handed. Yeah. And he, because he would have come in and just lost his mind. So I, <laughs> except for my idiot friends in school who would sit at the cafeteria table next to me, yeah. and I'd pick up a fork full of food, and they'd, of course, whack my elbow just to be funny. Yes. But generally, I... Yeah, but it, it wouldn't be your peers picking on you. would be like the teachers. I saw... No, I saw, teachers never bothered me. My really? father would have lost his mind. I saw teachers whack kids' hands with a ruler yeah. and told them to, you know, start writing, writing. You know, and 30 years of psychoanalysis well, later... That's why I'm still... totally left-handed, and I'm, I'm useless with my right hand, because hmm. no one ever did beat me into trying to use the Maybe right. they should have. Well, maybe it would have helped. Okay. I could have been right. almost ambidextrous. Right, here we <laughs> wow. Okay. Almost. <clears throat> so, um, where were we? Um, oh, we're going to go to Switch. Switch has a report. Is that right, Switch? Yes. Yes. And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's report from the fringe. Please go. Going back into the archives, uh, Saga's 1978 UFO special, UFO annual. Um, there's a, an article in there called Return of the Men in Black by somebody named Rufus Drake. Not too familiar with Rufus, but uh, I, I imagine that's his real name. I mean, who would make up a name like that? Anyway, uh, it talks about kind of the dark, darker side of UFOs and also some bizarre Men in Black reports that we haven't talked about on the show. Uh, May 2nd, 1973, uh, Steve Bohannon, not his real name, lived, lived in Centerville, uh, Virginia. Now, at, at 3 a.m. at one night, he wakes up. He's been waking up with these night terrors. He's having some kind of a, a dream about a UFO he had seen. Now, uh, and, and this this occurred on at May 2nd, 1973. He was uh, driving on Route 602 in his pickup, uh, a narrow country road. Uh, he's a few miles from Dulles Airport in, in D.C., and a, a pulsating reddish-orange object shaped like a classic flying saucer is following his truck one night. And uh, it's at a very low altitude. It passes over his truck. Now, there's and it does some uh, crazy 90-degree maneuvers. I mean, there's just no way this is any kind of conventional aircraft. And he didn't, I mean, he, was, he thought it was pretty interesting, but there was nothing traumatic about it. But something happened afterwards where he starts having these, ufo dreams and waking up in a in a cold sweat his wife is just trying to get him to go to some kind of a, a therapist and uh uh so eventually he does uh, uh go somewhere to a a a behavior behavioral behavioral sp uh, specialist and and uh he does help him a little bit but uh he was uh, couldn't shake the feeling that uh uh that he was uh 
it was some kind of a supernatural force beyond his control. Now, September 1970, three construction workers uh, at Lackland Air Force Base near San Antonio. This is late afternoon, uh, daylight. Uh, they see a, a V-shaped formation of, of uh, shiny disks flying in, in perfect formation. And they started doing, they saw it for about 20 minutes. They start doing these crazy maneuvers, but staying in that same V formation. One of the men, Tom Willis, 29, he's a, a foreman and union construction worker. Uh, now, two weeks afterwards, he, uh, uh, he's got his young wife in mid-20s, have two uh, little baby girls at home. Uh, she's home alone. He's out working somewhere. And uh, her name is Jean. And then uh, two men come to the door wearing heavy overcoats, uh, really too heavy for the weather. And uh, they have, uh, she said they had almost a grayish complexion. This didn't look healthy. They're kind of hunched over. They wanted to be invited in to discuss a matter of importance. She said, no, no, you, you can come back when my husband is at home. And the one that seemed to be the leader, and his, his voice was kind of thick and slurred. Mm. Uh, he said that, uh, uh, has your and it was it's like he was having trouble speaking something wasn't quite right and he says has your husband seen anything unusual in the sky lately uh and uh you know that that registered with her because he told her about this sighting and he said you must warn your husband not to jump to any conclusions about what he saw and then they left two days later they're sitting in, in their front room the tv set comes on by itself uh, blinking and making a kind of an odd humming sound. And then the lights in the house began to blink off and on for about 10 minutes. Huh. And we've all heard of these kind of uh, uh, bizarre electronic and even poltergeist-like effects uh, from people that have had UFO experiences. Yes. Uh, and now when this happened, this is the first time she told them about this strange man in black visit. And uh, so... Uh, and then he, of course, he got a hold of an electrician. The electrician checked out all the wiring and everything, and nothing... It was no problem. Huh. One month later, another man in black shows up, another odd character, if you will. Uh, she sees this guy through the kitchen window, and 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 it is not uh it's he's a real oddball, but he's not one of the guys that was there before. And uh he pulls up in a Chevy Nova. Huh. I, I guess the uh black Cadillacs were all on loan. Yes. And uh Tom was in the driveway doing some repair work. And uh this guy he said. He looked kind of weak and sickly. Uh, the guy was wearing a, a heavy raincoat, and uh, he, he thought he was just passing by. And this guy asked Tom what he's doing, and Tom mumbled something about home repairs. And then the stranger put his hand on Tom's arm, but with his hand still withdrawn inside the raincoat. And he said, be careful. And then he walked away, got into his car, and left. His Chevy Nova. And, What's that? He got he his got Chevy, Chevy Nova and left. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, and and the, he thought uh, when he thought about it, he thought he had seen the same guy on a San Antonio street a few days before. And then strange stuff starts happening to him. His ten-year-old Seiko watch failed. Mm. He buys a second watch and it stops working. Uh, their TV start, it's, it's, it keeps turning on by itself. And one time it turned on when it was completely unplugged. Mm. And uh, he was in, employed by a military. Uh, he was he was uh, employed by the military, working on a project on a military base. He asked to be examined by the uh, Air Force flight surgeons, and was denied because he was a civilian. Huh. So he met informally with one of them, and this guy told him he said that they had been, you know, supposedly Project Blue Book ended years before, 
and the Condon Committee was all done, yes. uh, he said uh, they were, the Air Force was actually studying the after effects of UFO encounters on certain individuals. Mm. And this, he said it was being done at Randolph Air Force Base in Texas. And this guy told him, he said, bad dreams are common. And uh, some even experience physical deterioration. And this kind of goes along with one, uh, many of John Keel's findings. Yes. Uh, the electrical disturbances persisted uh, and, and were kind of driving them crazy. But all of a sudden, about mid through mid-1974, they stopped and things went back to normal. One more case. James R. Dotery, um, retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. This particular incident happened uh, 25 years before this article was written. Uh, he had an encounter on June 21st, 1951. He's flying an F-84G Thunderjet. Yes. Um, a routine trip from Wheelersfield, Libya, to Essen Air Force Base, France. Mm. Where it seemed mm -hmm. uh, Air Force Base, France. He was 24 at the time. He's flying at 21,000 feet over the Mediterranean, and all of a sudden he's tailed by another classic... Uh, you know, two-plate flying saucer, and uh, he kind of uh, uh, turns his, uh, his his plane uh, uh, off to the right, and this thing slowly follows him. And then he, he became kind of nervous. He thought maybe this thing intended harm. So he tried to lose it, but it stayed right with him. And uh, eventually it, uh, it went off and, you know, it left him behind. Hmm. And uh, a few days later, this... Uh, Skinny young lieutenant, uh, uh, Air Force. Uh, um, um, he was guy, guy's wearing a a uh, Air Force raincoat. Yes, yes. And he's 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 this guy is thin. He looks he, emaciated. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's having trouble speaking. Yeah, and sounds familiar. Like he's in pain. Yes. And he tells him, he says, "Forget all about your encounter." He thought that was weird. And so he, he this is the OSI. This guy said he was from the OSI. Right. So he, the uh, Dotary visited the OSI office a little bit later on a completely unrelated matter. And he asked to see this guy. And they said, well, there's nobody here by that name. He describes him. And they said, no, nobody like that ever worked here. So again, we have uh, more of the tales of these mysterious strangers. Yes. Uh, you know, you have the electronic phenomena, you have the, the, the poltergeist-like activity, you have uh, the, the bad dreams, you have sometimes deteriorating health and so forth. Even even alcoholism, uh, uh, sometimes people really? have had close encounters. Huh. So uh, it's just another uh, very interesting series of events that seemed to follow a strange pattern. It makes me, you know, uh, Brad Steiger, I remember, said that he did see that the only, in quotes, man in black that he ever saw was one of these so-called cadaver types. <laughs> these sound a little bit more like the, the cadaver types. There yeah. were some that, that uh, appear to be, uh, you know, foreign or Asian or, or whatever, yeah. but they're not Asian. So, uh, again, just another... Uh, uh, more tales of the mysterious men in black. I have a question. I have a question for Juan Juan. Okay. Juan Juan, you told me a long time ago that one of your daughters called you, what is it, a technomancer? Yes. All right. So yeah, just explain that real quick. She works She works for NASA right now. Okay. Go ahead. Artificial intelligence. But what, what, what did right. she mean? Uh, somebody who is uh, – adept at any any kind of technology especially the technology in my field computers and internet and stuff like that that i just thrive on it it everything works for me i have old old technology stuff that still works right like as you know i probably have the oldest uh 
Windows 2000 gateway laptop that's in, <laughs> it's just, that still boots up. But it still works. Right? But see, but you said it. You said stuff, stuff, like that. stuff works for you, right? Yeah. Okay. So now we talk about this. Here's a case with this guy where like stuff is going haywire. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like the same thing. You, that's the you, exact opposite, yeah. yeah if you have some effect, stuff. if you have some you know, positive effect on electronics the way that you can handle them, well, if it goes the wrong way, this is what happens to you. You know, your TV gets screwed up, your watch breaks. Well, everything is electromagnetic. You know, there's, there's electromagnetic fields around us all the time. There's all kinds of electrical impulses hitting us in all directions. Right, yes. From radio towers. Radio waves. Things, yep. things in your house. Yep. But in your body, it's, you know, you're a walking coil. I don't know. You're just a walking electro yep. organism. Yes. Huh. And if, if you're not aligned properly... However, you want to consider yourself aligned. You, you, you know it when you're not aligned. That's for sure. <laughs> Say. If you're aligned properly in your mind and in your body, yes, then things won't break on you. You know, sometimes I am not aligned. Let's take. A, let's aligned. have a show with hands. Yeah, so sometimes you go into the kitchen and say, "Gee." The mixer doesn't work all of a sudden. Yes. What the hell happened? It was working fine last week. Yeah, or yeah. You plug in the island, the the, the clothes iron, and, and it smokes on you or something. Well, that's you get into one of those grooves and you say, "I don't know. Is it me? Do I, do I have some kind of something?" So a technomancer would not run into those problems. Yeah, that's funny. There are definitely people like that. I mean, there are people. How long did you have your Mustang? What happened to your Mustang when you moved? Uh, my my. Uh, my brother-in-law's son has a mechanical ability. He's, he's taking the whole thing apart and re, rebuilding it. Oh, that's it turns excellent. Out that, that the frame is really was really a mess. He had to get a new frame for it. He says it's a good thing you weren't still driving it. If you hit a, a, a bad pothole, it would have got, the yeah. car would have collapsed on you right in the ground. How many miles do you have in there? Six hundred twenty-seven thousand on the Mustang GT. <laughs> From Mustang, can you imagine? Yes, Susan K's uh, jar is uh, wide open. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine that? I kept saying to him, 19 years I drove it year round." Go to Ford. Go to Ford, man. They'll do an ad for that for a Mustang. Holy cow! That's got to be yeah. the world record. What year? What year was it? Ninety-five. Bought it new. Wow, that's yep. that's an accomplishment there. Well, yeah. actually, there was a Ford dealer who was going to put it up on their website and you know i wanted to spiff it i didn't think it looked good enough to be put up on their website but they were going to you know kind of make a deal out of it this is when it hit five hundred thousand. yeah yeah and i was getting a at the five hundred thousand you know check yeah. oil change you know wow. Check brakes. oh wow that's fine <laughs> check, you know check the clutch all that stuff you know didn't you put a lot of money them? into it that's huh? good what Great you written to them and told them about this? I would have, yeah, man. To Ford? No, I never did. Uh, no. I told you to, though, right? You, yeah, I think you did. Yes. Just so, about everybody did. Well, it's good to still in your family, though. That's it good. is. And he's, he's, you know, he says that uh, you know, the, all the, the engine stuff and drivetrain is all in good good condition. He says there's nothing wrong with that stuff. All the electrical stuff is all working. Yeah, yeah. That's important. And he, he said when he gets done with it, he's going to give me the ride of my life. Uh -oh. In the car, like I gave him the ride of his life when I first got it. Did you really? You scared him as a child, did you? Cool. Okay, you scared him. That's all right. I did. Okay. Apparently. Yeah. Hey, it makes him tough. I didn't know it at the time. He's <laughs> tough. Wow. Well, huh? Yeah, so when he, when he came in with the uh, with the tow trailer, you know, the, the ramp truck, yes, yes. and pulled that thing up by a chain, I'm looking at him going, Well, Eileen, I guess I got to finally say goodbye to her. Gee whiz. You know? Wow, huh? 
because uh, you know I just could not. Uh, it would not pass inspection. Did you get misty? Did you get misty? I did, did and you, I, really? I still miss it. <laughs> really? I yeah, because uh, that an attachment I to that, a, yeah. I miss that car more than my Challenger. There's a fetish for that, you know. No, you know I, that? Anyway, wow, huh? So we're looking and at that the was my line. that was only my third Mustang in my life. In one month, huh? wow, that's three more than I have. Like, oh, I had ten Mustangs, you know. That was only my third one. All right, listen. I just want to say this: it, it, it would be my in my era, not to mention this, but uh, Susan K has a Corvette, right? Unmute, unmute. Yes, I do have a Corvette, two thousand five, yes. nice. two thousand four C five. Okay. It's the last year of the pop up headlight. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's what are they like now? They're just in this built in. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Last year the pop did. Did the little motors on those ever go on you? Uh, let's see. I think I've replaced them four times now. Yeah, really. <laughs> the other thing is the frameless windows. But, Al, don't all Corvettes have frameless windows? Get right up on that. The, uh, the old ones did. I, don't, I mean, I'm up until, I don't know about the current, like the C6s, I'm not sure. Frameless windows. Well, they just... Yeah, yeah, so not, well, like, yeah. they're just there. Yeah. So it's a pain because the motors go out on them. Right now I've got the driver's side window stuck halfway down oh, because yeah, they yeah. if you put if you drive with them down a little bit, you know, they're flapping in there. Oh right, with, yeah. With oh. The wind mm. instead of being in like the door frame. And they, and they so make, you, I have you, to replace those motors all the time too. And if, mm-hmm. and if you have the window down halfway and you slam the door, it just makes a horrible boom, boom, noise. Boom. Because there's no framework to hold it up. It just kind of rattled around. Susan, listen, drive it up here. Give it to Al for like a day and a half. You'll be all set. <laughs> Al doesn't even work oh, on his own I've got all the car. parts and everything. I already ordered them She's online. The pass, I just need man. someone that will put them on for me. She's got the pots. You my, can keep it for till next year. I'll come back and get it. Well, next my, year. <laughs> honest to God, my, my vet would not pass inspection this year because the backup lights – didn't work. He also has a Corvette. Compass. So, wow, there's the picture. Okay, wow, you look like a model. Well, that's my first one, but you can only see me for some reason. That's oh, okay. Because I got the blurred background. So that was my 91. Now, aren't you talking about a 91? Yeah, it's a C4. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because you go on YouTube and you look at um, the things they say, well, what, you know, C4 Corvettes, what do you need to know before you buy one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these guys go through all this stuff and say, yeah. don't ever do this, don't do this, don't do this. Here's what the, you know, and they tell you all the problems. Well, the, you're, you're always going to hear from the people who had problems, though. Well, you, know, you do, but, just, but the thing is, nice, it's, it's, gonna... a lot of them are common. I mean, it happens yeah, all oh, well, the they, time. Yeah, if, if they're endemic, as the kids say. Or, like with the C4s, if you try getting out and hold the steering wheel to, like, help you get out over the frame rail, Yes, you'll break the tilt wheel. Oh, jeez. And that is like a massive pain. That's it. No vet. you, you got to reach, you got to tear apart so far down to get into that. If the steering wheel breaks, yeah, that is yeah, a well, pain. The, yeah, if the tilt wheel starts, because they say grab the window, you know, the, the uh, windshield frame to pull yourself out. Because, you know, a lot of the owners of <laughs> these, old, these Corvettes are old men. Okay. So yeah, right, they we can't go. get in and out of the car as yep. easily as they used to. So okay. I blame the aliens. I really do. Yes. So <laughs> why we, huh? So uh well switch, thanks. Watch that it when you get old, I tell you that in here in the UK, in Limington, where there's a lot of retirees, good, I mean good. huge amount. Oh okay. they got some money and uh they're getting out of these cars that they need assistance <laughs> to get out of these cars. Sometimes 
<laughs> I'd be walking, walking with Eileen. I'm going, I, I should help this guy get out of his car because really? I think he's going to make it. Yeah. Huh. Hey, listen, we were at this. It's terrible, terrible feeling to, but. I shouldn't tell you this. To, to try and extricate yourself out of a car because it's too low and, uh, you know. We were at the uh, supermarket the other day, right? And we parked in my favorite spot, which is like right at the front door where it says no parking. And <laughs> I thought well, you were going to say handicap. Lois gets out. Lois gets out, and 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 this guy comes over with one of those little carts, you know, those little three-way, almost like golf carts mm-hmm. for people to go around the store in. And he just leaves the yep. golf cart, and the guy can't get out of the he can't get out of the car and get on the golf cart. So, you know, Lois goes over and helps him, helps him mm-hmm. get out. And I can overhear it, and he's going, hey, what's your name? Are you married? I go, what the f- uh, There we go. Uh, there you go. A wow. Light, a, a motorized Who's that, super, yes. that supermodel car? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Huh? Oh. Wow. Jesus. What was that? Was that like the other day? Okay. Wow. Nice. What kind? Of, Whoa. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Susan. Yeah, the car's pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. I I forgot Whoa. to look at the car. <laughs> See it <Come> again. <laughs> very good, pretty good stuff, Susan. Huh? Nice. Oh, yeah. Huh? Gee whiz. Ooh, smoking. Hmm. Smoking chick. Yeah. Still are. So. Jesus. Yeah, it's good. It's good to. It's good to feel good and look good, doesn't it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it. it didn't come out the same way. So what are you going to do soon? You're going to get another vet, or what are you going to do? Will you get another Corvette, Susan? Will you get another Corvette? Yeah, unmute. 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 Unmute your mic. I okay. I don't, didn't realize I hit it. Sorry. Okay. Um, I'm on the fence about it. You know, this one's paid for. Uh, mm. You know, the repairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Al said, I know to expect them. This is the fourth one I've owned. And, you know, you can watch a YouTube video nowadays and anybody can do some of the repairs. Yes. But, uh, yep. Or at least it lets you know what you're in for. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So if they say, well, it's going to take eight hours, you go, look, there's a guy on YouTube with a real southern drawl. He can do it in four. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of, you know. Well, okay. Yeah, take uh, it to that guy. Yeah. Well, once again, Corvette forums also that you can oh, yeah. uh, chat with people there, and they they have a lot of helpful information. How many miles are you from Boston? Now you're originally from Boston, so you should know this. How many hours away are you? Fourteen. That's not bad. Could it make it up here? Could it drive? I can up? do it in. 12, probably, in the Corvette. The Corvette, yeah, that's what I mean. Drive up the Corvette. We'll have a potty while Al fixes it. Listen, before you go for that, Al has a car he's owned for 50 years that he hasn't driven. Still hasn't got to it yet. That he hasn't driven since the 1980s. That's true. And it's sitting on a lift in my garage, and I walk by it every day, and I smile. Yeah. Because it's not a pain to me because I don't have to worry about anything going wrong with it. Because it's been it's sitting a, up on that lift, up for, a lift. <laughs> for that many years. Yes. I don't have to worry about anybody hitting it. I don't have to worry about the carburetors getting full of bad gas. I don't have to worry about the tires flat spotting. Wow. The okay. car sits up there. I'll never sell it. But people say to me, don't, well, don't you want to drive it one more time You know, before you die? And I go, no. No, I don't want the pain of any backside of worrying about it. 
Let me pinch so, the. Uh, so, so if, if if he's trying to get you to bring a car up here for me to fix it, he'll man, do it. You better you better get ready for it to be here for about twenty years. No, that ain't true. He'll do it in a couple of days. <laughs> let, me, let me paint the picture for you. Al's house is a certain size, and his garage is about one and a half time bigger than the house. Would you say? The garage is quite a bit bigger than the house. He's got two Porsches and a vet in there, kids. So. Oh, don't cry for me, Argentina. Well, yeah, but you know what? I I don't work on them. I honestly don't to have God, to. I, I don't not anymore. I'm anyway. done. <laughs> uh, so anyway, should we take a very quick break and regroup here? We just you do if you. Why don't we do this? No, why don't we do this? Why don't we go into? You have a very kind of um, update, right? I got a quick uh, a quick thing from last week. Um, which we can just throw together fast. Yeah, then we'll call um, Dave at the Stabbing Galleon. When, when uh, last <laughs> week I was talking about how many uh, nuclear weapons the United States has kind of lost over the years. Oh, wonderful. And like, uh, like, oopsie, you know, and they're still missing. There's six of them that are still on the, uh, we, either we know where they are and we're not going to go get them, or we really don't know where they are. But Sounds like got, a James Bond movie. That, that got me thinking about how many nuclear reactors are kind of missing. And uh, I looked it up, and apparently there is a grand total of nine nuclear submarines that are missing, that are in the bottom somewhere. And uh, it broke it down by the United States is missing two. They really kind of know where they are. One was the Thresher back in 63, and I remember that as a kid. And uh, the other was the Scorpion. Which again was the deal that, uh, from what I understand, uh, Bob Ballard was out looking for the Scorpion that the U.S. Navy gave him a research ship to use, and said, "Go out and find the Scorpion for us, because we want to find out there's two nukes missing on it, plus the reactor is still sitting there. We want to know if there's anything going on, because that went down quite quite a long time ago." Yes. So they went down there. They sent Ballard out and said, "Go find the Scorpion." And as a cover story. We'll say you're looking for the Titanic. And they said, if you actually find the Scorpion fast enough, we'll hmm. give you three or four weeks of you know, re- time on Assistance. the research ship. Yep. You, you can use our ship to go find the Titanic, and it'll be a great cover story. So not only did he find the Scorpion, but he did find, obviously, the Titanic. So those are the two American subs they know of that went, see you later. Right. We um, should say the Scorpion, they think, that sank off the Azores, right? Correct. And they think what might have happened, though there's been all kinds of stuff about um, that there might have been like Russian submarines in the area or whatever, but they think that the, they launched a bad torpedo and the torpedo did a complete 360. And, and came and, back and got them. The thing is they said of all nine subs that are supposedly missing, um, the Scorpion is the only one they can't confirm exactly what happened to it. Because there was never any broadcast. Yeah, right. never, there was nothing that they found on the bottom near it that told them what What really did they happened. find? Did they find it just pieces? Don't, it would be in pieces anyway. From it the would pressure. probably be in pieces, but it's you know there's two nuclear weapons with it, two nuclear-tipped torpedoes are still yeah. sitting with it, and the reactor. Ooh. And their, their bottom line was they wanted to make sure the reactor wasn't giving out its uh, yeah, yeah. You know, radioactivity on the bottom. Huh, go ahead. So those are the two that the United States will claim. Uh, then uh, the Soviet Union lost... Five. Oh yeah, the Kursk was one of them. Yeah, man. they that lost. A, they lost a bunch of them, and they were usually things like um, fires or you know something went wrong in the missile bay, and, and took it down. A couple of them actually got to the surface and got most of the crew off, and then they like sank five hours later 
while they were trying to save him. Um, the that that whole group again, and a lot of the uh, uh, Soviet subs at that point, from what I was reading, have two reactors, not one. They had two small reactors, <laughs> and I don't know what the concept is, but a couple of them, they said they actually got them to the surface, got some of the crew off, and they put the reactors into safe mode, which would have been to pull all the rods out, and hopefully that prevents a real big disaster. Um, and the last two, uh, they break it down to just Russia, because after the fall of the Soviet Union, right. Russia lost two more. And uh, those two are, uh, you know, they're still sitting out there. And again, so there's nine of those. But what really ha- got kind of interesting is very recently, they say the Chinese just, just lost, lost one, yeah, lost a re- a nuclear sub that was supposed to be uh, like a like, like an a Armageddon tr- machine. It was yeah, it was yeah. supposed to go down and sit on the bottom and stay there and mind its own business until something happened, and then it could let off however many missiles it had. But the uh, they were, they were tracking it. The UK people were tracking this. Well, that's thing. what they said that they that supposedly the UK hacked into it and caused it to sink. Well, Is they, that true? Not, it depends on who Pretty you talk to, but they it. said that they knew where it was and they were keeping right. an eye on it. And all of a sudden, it went away. Well, now its go. mission was supposed to be to go down and go away anyway, so they can't confirm it. Right. And, of course, the Chinese are saying, oh, no, 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 no nothing happened. It's fine. The beginning of a good move. But, hey, see how lucky you are, <laughs> Switchy? None of this stuff happened to you there. Well, they, uh, you know, the U.S. was, uh, they, we talked a lot about safety. I mean, they were, uh, and how uh, the Russian subs, they, they could go deeper and faster, but they didn't have the same safety concerns that we did. As well as uh, we were told the, the, uh, the shielding for the radiation was, uh, was better for U.S. subs. So I don't know if that's just all propaganda or, or not, but, you know, we, uh, the thresher, I know that the problem there was when they they were on sea trials and they blew their ballast tanks. There was a design flaw. The uh, the there was a, a bend in the uh, a ninety degree bend in the air channel, and uh, there was some moisture that got in there, and it, it just froze up. I mean, they couldn't blow their ballast tanks, so they sunk like a rock. Now the Scorpion, I don't know what they uh, finally figured out what happened there. I, I know the uh, the ship's battery. Uh, you know, there's a huge battery on board that uh, kicks in if the reactor shuts down and you're underwater. But uh, they were having trouble. Uh, the, the the battery evolves hydrogen, and if it gets too much, it can become flammable or explosive. So the, there was uh, some thought that it was uh, the battery blew up on the on the Scorpion. And I think I told the story before, but the senior enlisted guy, the chief of our boat, he was on the Scorpion. When, really? when they were in Europe, he and two other guys got off. He got off because for emergency leave for his wife who was in the hospital and they wow. flew him home and none of his crew mem- members came back. Wow. wow. He stayed in the Navy. Wow. Jeez. Man, that's lucky. Now, that's yeah, lucky. The, and the Thresher was supposed to. Thresher. Yep. Uh, they had an issue. They came to the surface. And, and they, then. They, uh, they uh, were going. They blew their ballast tanks. Right. Did an emergency blow. But the uh, the lines froze up. Because of the design flaw, there was some moisture in the lines, and it just froze up like a block of ice. Wow! And they couldn't get the air uh, in the, the proper place to to blow out the ballast tanks. Yeah, that happened off of Massachusetts, actually. Yeah, it's not yeah. that. Yeah, um, actually, I know a kid who went through sub school five years ago, and he, his class was you know, trained out of Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. But they were brought out New to Hampshire. where they said um, 
the wreck of the uh, Titanic, uh, the, Titan, the wreck the of the thresher? Uh, thresher was right under them, and they threw out a wreath, and they were like the Thresher, interesting, um, you know, class. Yeah, yeah. So wow. that was their, uh, you know, yeah, that their, gui- their guiding, you know, light was the Thresher. So. That happened. When we were kids in Dorchester, like in like the sixth grade, and we heard like all these rumors that they were getting. Remember, they said that they thought they heard radio signals. They heard people oh, yeah. pounding on the side of the something. Like two weeks later, and it was like, wow, it was like really <clears throat> creepy for a kid. Anyway, talk about creepy. Hey, listen, switch. I think it's time to put the graphic up of the train hitting the station. Okay. Okay. Here it comes. Here it comes. Strap Raven. Here it comes. Oh, we're getting close here. Getting close, as they say. <laughs> very. Hey, Raven. Very close. Raven. Yes, my friends. Did we help you tonight? Did we help you get over your ailment? Um. No, I mean, not really. <laughs> I I need more medicine. <laughs> oh really? So do we. So I'm gonna. What I am gonna do is I'm gonna make a quesadilla and I'm gonna have a little ice pack and put it on my head on my eyes while I'm eating it. That will do so it. It's, yeah, yeah. It's about to be a bang in time. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, even though we're under blackout. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much for having me. Hopefully next week things will be different. <laughs> It'll be okay because next week. Maybe will be our exorcist episode, and you know you can look as creepy as you want. Yeah, exactly. Should I say that is that not okay? Thank you, you know, Mac. It could have been a black-eyed kid there. That's <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. No one will ever. Know. How do we know? <laughs> Thank you to Superfan Susan K. Thank you, Susan. Thank okay. you so much for having me. I love being here and seeing all of you and getting the this opportunity is just exciting and thank you so much Juan Juan just texted me a one word text that said smoke show I don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> I think must we be, all know what he's referring to must be to. some British term <laughs> thank you man Al, <laughs> Al, Al we're going around the table so it's time to start the engines okay. Al in now though you're a phone uh, mechanic hey, glad to be here folks uh, have a good evening and let's uh, let's get off to the galley as it turns out that's where we're going. Uh, thank you. Uh, Order me a black and blue burger, medium. Yeah, that ain't gonna with happen. A side of onion ring no. and a gas Man, I would love that. I would love That's that. That's right. No. Yeah, and he used to just sit there. It was like a vacuum cleaner. With a martini. It, it really. It was like seeing someone just unbelievable. How much you would eat, and then you'd have a few donuts and go home. Right. <laughs> how do you do that? What? <laughs> Club, thanks for joining us. I'd be pounding down food like he crazy because you, you get hungry doing the show. Pound, pound down food, have a beer, maybe have a espresso martini, <laughs> and then on the way home, I had it took me like an hour and twenty minutes to get home. Imagine this, and I'd stop at Dunkin' Donuts for uh, you know you maybe a couple me? of a. You'd have more food in a week than I'd have have food in a day. Uh, you'd have more food in a day than I'd have more food in a night than I'd have in a week. But you had to maintain that uh, Superman body, so I can understand it. He's stuck. Look at him. Yeah, he's not he froze up. Right. He's <laughs> we lost him. He's stunned. Club, thanks for joining us tonight. Club. Mac, thank you. I enjoyed tonight. Good time. Now I've, I've built up an appetite. Really? You know, just like Juan is, like Juan is choking over there. But oh, something. So. Well, I'm already. I got mine. Uh-oh. You got his devil dogs. Yeah, Very got nice. My devil man. dogs and my Bud Light. I'm all set. <laughs> there you oh, go. There right. Go. Yeah. Do you ever dunk them? Tell us. No. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Dunk them. Try it. Then they get, they get too soggy. 
Wait, you mean mm. dunk it in the Bud Light? Yes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't dunk it in anything. You need you, that'd be soggy. I don't like soggy things. Really? Yeah. Don't, don't want to dunk donuts. No. Even though they say. Right. What are you saying? Why do you think they call it Dunkin' Donuts there, my friend? They used to have a handle on it. Yeah, but of course you dunk your donut. Never, never dunk a donut and never no. dunk anything. You never put a donut in a cup of coffee. No. Never. Really? No. What's the matter with you? What do you think the little handle's for? That's like putting ketchup on spaghetti. <laughs> hey, exactly. hey. Yeah. See, there's a 104-year-old woman. She becomes probably the oldest person to jump out of an airplane. Oh, yeah, I saw and that. She died <laughs> four days later. Did she die? Oh. oh. <laughs> I saw that on TV. That's too bad. Yeah. She... I mean, she's 104. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Maybe maybe it was a little too much for her. Yeah, you know? right. Too much excitement. I mean, I'm sorry. Jumping out of a perfectly good airplane is kind of shit. Yeah, right. She didn't look too good on the way down, actually. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't either. Truth. Anyway. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. Thank you, Club. Thank you. I, I guess one one had to take the – oh, here he is again. All right, let's go. Let's bring him in hot, as they say. Sure, we get time. They're just keeping the kitchen open for us, Wani. Don't worry. Here we go. Maybe not. Wow, maybe not. Mm. There he is. I called for you. There he is. There he is. Yeah. What you have to take I'm a uh, take a break? That's okay. Take a tea break, did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the technomancer had some technical problems. Oh, wow, interesting. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't maybe you know we shouldn't it. talk about him. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us there, Juan Juan. Mm-hmm. And did I say thanks there? Thank you, Susan, once again. Thanks for brightening up the night, Raven. Same thing, even though we didn't see you. Switch. Same Thanks thing. for having me, friends. My pleasure. Thank you. Also, uh, Club, thank you. Al, thank you. Uh, let me let me do the plug real quick. Homes for our Troops is an organization that raises money to build homes for our, our, our veterans who are injured or uh, wounded in post-9-11 combat. That's the Iraqi war and the Afghan war. Uh, these are folks who came home maybe missing a limb and so on. And um, what Homes for our Troops does is they build homes for them that are adapted to their needs. That means uh, not a lot of stairs, low counter space, things like that. Makes it easier for them to get around in. And then once they build the home, they tear up the mortgage, they give them the keys, it's their home forever. So they can go out and rejoin society in a way that they don't have that um, headache every month of having to pay a mortgage. So Homestar Troops is a military organization which uh, spends 90 cents of every dollar of your charity dollar goes right to our veterans. I said before, we went to one of the houses earlier this year down in Massapoit, Massachusetts. It was beautiful. It was just exactly uh, what you think it would be. This is for a young woman who lost two legs after two tours in Afghanistan. And um, this is a really good organization. The stuff they do is good. And a lot of your money actually goes right to our veterans, unlike other military charities. So that is Homes for Our Troops. Please Google them and see what's up. Um, let's see. Other than that, and Switch he, uh, has a book called, what is it called again, Switch? Uh, Mothman High Strangeness. It's a uh, put together by graphic artist Mark Randall, yes. and uh, it covers the year of the Garuda, the year of the Mothman. Yes, in uh, great illustrations, and Mark and I wrote the pieces for each illustration. Yeah, it's a really good. You left one when you were at the uh, UFO Festival. You left one for me. Very interesting book, and uh, text is great, and the drawings are also really cool. You can get that on Amazon, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Mothman High Strangeness, and I think that's it, kids. I don't want to bring the. Boat into the shore, but I guess we have to, right? There we go. Oh, there we go. Okay, that ping says it all. So, uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us. And uh, this is Mac for the entire gang. Until you hear us again, be safe, be happy, and bye bye.
And now, please stay tuned for a bonus segment of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show.
Can you hear? 